Welcome to Breakthrough Cocktail. We're mixing up happiness, good life skills, and adding a dash of improv to help you live an awesome life. Please give it up for your breakthrough mixologist, Gary Ware. All right, welcome to another episode of Breakthrough Cocktail. I'm Gary Ware, your host, and today I'm joined with my good buddy, Josh Nichols. Hey, Josh, how are you doing? Hello, good morning. Good to talk to you. Yes, and more importantly, bonjour, mon frère. Yes, bonjour, mon frère. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, Josh is my good buddy. We first met at Camp Improv Utopia. Um, And more importantly, he is the owner of Spectacles Improv Engine in Orange County, California. And he co-hosts a podcast called Self-Indulgent. Josh, welcome to the show. Oh, happy to be here. Thank you very much for asking me. I'm honored. Awesome. And it wouldn't be a Breakthrough Cocktail podcast without finding out what our guests are drinking today. So, Josh, what are you drinking? I am drinking Costco brand coffee out of my my Christmas mug. The kids are all snuggle in their bed waiting for tomorrow morning when they can get no presents because it's not Christmas at all. Awesome. (laughs) And I am just drinking water. Uh, Nothing too fancy, but I've been told that I'm not drinking enough water. And so my goal is to drink three of these a day. (laughs) There you go. So awesome. All right, let's get started. So Josh, tell me a little bit about what you're currently doing. Tell us about uh, Spectacles Improv Engine, and then then we'll rewind and find out how you even got there. Awesome. Uh, So Spectacles Improv Engine is uh, an improv company in Orange County, California. Uh, We do a variety of shows. We're about 50-50 long form, short form, which are two of the major forms of uh, improv right now. Uh, we also have our patented mid-form, um, which Ooh. is like a hybrid of the two. Uh, and uh, I coach all the team. I coach uh, four of the main stage teams at stages, uh, and I also run our drop-in classes. Um, because of that, I seek training in the improv world everywhere I could find it. I've actually been down to San Diego to take classes down there. Um, not the the not the finest city offered ones, but the workshops they offer. Um, so that's kind of what I'm doing a ton of right now is just improv. It's really the focus of my professional life. Uh, it's something I have a ton of passion for. Outside of my family, it, it holds the mo- biggest part of my heart. Awesome. And tell us a little bit about Self-Indulgent Podcast. Mm. Uh, I love it. Uh, I've always been a hardcore fan of just kind of emotional, in-your-face kind of radio. And I know that sounds bad. But I can't help it. It tickles my uh, my fancy. Um, I've always liked things like Howard Stern, even though I know they're uh, you know they may not be palatable for everybody. So this podcast uh, was started by a friend of mine that I met through improv, Sean Lewin, and I loved it. I loved being a guest on it. And when I heard he was having uh, trying to find a co-host, I had to do it uh, because everything he does is the kind of thing I want to do, which is just. You know, uh, you just kind of tease people and have a good time and, and set them up to, you know, to laugh at themselves. And uh, that's what the show is. It's a really kind of it's heavily inspired by uh, old morning radio. Uh, I love it. I get to just kind of be the comedian on it. Uh, I get to just sit there and comment <laughs> and say the things that I shouldn't say. You know, that's pretty much my role in the show. And I adore it. Great. And how often... Uh, do you guys put out episodes? Uh, once a week. And we uh, I've been on for over a year now, uh, and we have kept to it. We do once a week, no matter what, rain or shine, uh, which is great uh, for me. 
especially, you know, it's one of those uh, things where he is so motivated and it is his number one uh, priority in life is that show. It's great to be around somebody with such a passion for what they're doing. And honestly, I benefit from his passion. And all I need to do is fulfill what he wants me to do. Great. And I get to stick around, you know? So it's been a great experience. Cool. Yeah. And you know, speaking of passion, you're, you own an improv theater. Uh, yeah. Some people probably just wish that they can do that. Uh, let's rewind and talk about your journey on how you even got there. So, um, how did you even get into doing improv and, and tell us, let's go on this journey on you opening your own theater. Sure. Um, well, what happened is uh, I did a lot of improv in high school and it was fun, you know, but it was really that kind of basic high school improv. We were just kids playing around, you know, um, and I kind of stepped away from it uh, when I went to college. I got more into debate, forensics type stuff. Uh, I came back from college and I wanted to do sketch comedy. Um, while I was doing the sketch comedy, I was volunteering teaching improv at the high school I went to. Uh, it's one of those, it's a perfect example of that yes and thing. I had a friend that was teaching there at the high school. They said, hey, come back and volunteer. I said, absolutely. The kids I met there ended up being the core of our first team. Uh, and it, so it started very organically. I went and I met them, I coached them, so they played my kind of style. And then uh, when they graduated high school, we just started performing together, um, just performing wherever we could. There was this uh, tiny little theater in Glendora that we performed at. Um, that's where we're all from. Uh, most of us are all from Glendora, California. Um, and, uh, and from there, we're like, hey, you know, what we're doing really works. Our model works. We sell well. Um, I think that we could be successful uh, starting another team. You know, I think a lot, uh, just something, I'd been in a lot of failed improv groups, I should say that. Failure is a huge benefit in growth. Uh, and I'd been in a lot of failed groups, and I knew how to run them better based on my failures. Okay. Um, so uh, I just kind of ran this group with the wisdom of my experience, and it did so well that we started another group. And from that, we started adding more and more teams. And before you knew it, we had... A company of teams and tons of performers and the experience of running things smoothly and uh, running things well uh, led to uh, led to really successful teams and from that success we just kept expanding we started adding not only teams but other concepts and then I started taking teams in the community and uh, putting them together to perform with us on our stage um, and once it just became critical mass, I think it's just like in an improv scene when you make a choice or an offer, that leads to other information. If you make it make sense, it leads to other information. We started with a team, a really successful team, and we just kept attracting talented people that were willing to learn, hungry to be part of a healthy organization. And uh, we, we now have over 50 performers in our company. Um, we're going through a huge expansion of ownership. Like I used to, I used to own it. Uh, outright, and then I had a co-owner, and both of us agreed to be like, why are we going to be the only ones owning this? We're now opening up a chunk of our company to people that want to be an owner to take over part of it, too. It's going to grow with us. That's um, great. Yeah, so people are really excited in the company to, you know, before they're just doing it for fun, now they're like, hey, we can actually end up owning something, you know? Um, I'm excited to share that experience. It's always about giving people up. A huge chunk of our success is giving people the opportunity they seek to fail or to succeed and be amazing. You know, that's a huge part of growing. 
Awesome. And so do you own your own space where you do your shows? No, no, no. We, uh, uh, I'm essentially the late night coordinator for an existing theater. Um, so uh, I'm kind of a partner with a theater that exists. Uh, clearly, our main goal is to always is to have our own like brick and mortar space. But uh, we've grown into just like we rent the theater once a night to we do like nine shows a weekend, 45 weekends a, a year. Wow. Uh, um, that's what we've grown into. And I think we're really set up because of what we built and our audience base and the talent we have. For when we do have a theater, when we do get our own space, we're really going to hit the ground running. We have a training program up and running, and uh, it just feels, yeah, I just feel like we're in a really good space for that. Uh, but I love the theater we're at, too. We have a great experience with them, so it's it's hard to leave something when it's it's the, like the bed in the morning. You yeah. know? It's so comfy. Why well, I don't want to get up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I do know it's a huge part of growth to take that next step for our company, you know. Great. And so have there been moments when you're when you're running this theater and you're just thinking to yourself, wow, I, I don't know if I can do this. Uh, have there like been bumps in the road where you've almost maybe just changed gears and given up altogether? Or has it just been smooth sailing the whole time? <laughs> well, anything, anything of work isn't smooth sailing. You know, it, it's not all downhill. There's definitely been moments of being overwhelmed we take off like i think a huge part of growth and a huge part of anything worthwhile is risk you know and just saying hey i don't know how this is going to work out we're just going to do it it's in the very nature of improv we don't know what's going to happen we're just going to do it so we've taken huge risks we we did we do a huge improv charity tournament where everyone in the community submits as an individual, and then they get put onto a team of four, and then we play through a bracket until we crown a champion. All of it goes to the Whole Wall Charities, which is now serious fun, but it's uh, the Painted Turtle for seriously old children. They get a camp experience. It's an awesome thing. Um, but when we first did it, uh, no one signed up for a very long time. <laughs> and it was a very nerve-wracking thing. I would literally be on my phone just you know, re, re, you know, uh, recycling my mail, please. Please, someone sign up. Um, and so we went through it going, I don't think we're going to be able to do this. And in that, like, there definitely was times where I was like, let's just scrap this and act like we never did it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Sweep it under the rug and just be like, oh, this, you know, we tried, but, you know, things didn't work out. Um, but we persevered. And those last couple days, we ended up getting to uh, 60 performers. Oh, wow. Uh and it was a huge success. We raised thousands of dollars for our charity. Uh, we sold out every night. Um, and it really started galvanizing the community uh, together where we didn't see ourselves as kind of like gangs in the movie The Warriors, you know? Like, yeah. who's that improv team? We started to become a community based on it. It was that risk. And it was that, like, really staring failure in the face that drove us to go, well, hey, what are we not doing right now? How can we go the extra mile? And the, the extra mile was reaching out individually, going to other teams' shows, being, hey, we're doing this thing. Come be a part of it. Uh, taking that extra step that we hadn't taken. You know, I, we realized that that whole uh, if you build it, they will come thing isn't, isn't what it's cracked up to be. You yes. need to, like, drag people there. Um, they'll enjoy the experience, but uh, for a lot part, you need to get up. You need to hit the road and do your own work. Um, it's... I made a short film, and I oh, realized, wow. uh, yeah, it was great. It was a great short film. Uh, it's called the Twenty Second Rule. You can see it on Funny or Die. Uh, yes. We won 
we uh, got some awards at uh, film festivals. Anyway, I realized how quickly into that process, man, if I don't do this work, no one's going to do this work. <laughs> I, I was a producer. I thought maybe I could just sit back, you know, with a, with a latte and a nice little canvas chair, you know, and live that life. But that's not how short films and independent films work. If I didn't do it, it wouldn't get done. Um, and when your back's against the wall like that, you can really do some of your best work. Oh, that's great. Now, for those who may not know about improv, can you take a moment just to talk about the basic principles of improv? And then I'll jump into how, sure. well, I'll ask you how that's sort of flowed into your normal life. Yeah, I, um, I think improv uh, is mostly, if I had to break it down, it is people telling a story together based on each other's ideas um, that they couldn't tell by themselves. Uh, embracing the surprise, embracing the diversity of the ideas, uh, to try and find that one singular communal idea at the end. It is art by committee, um, and it works. Uh, it's wonderful because it's risky. Uh, I, I like about it is it's so in the moment. To be good at improv, you need to be in the moment, but the art itself is so in the moment because if there wasn't someone there to witness it, they don't know how great it was. You know, it's just... Uh, it, it's one of the few things in life that you need to be there to experience it, to truly enjoy it. Uh, I think it's, I think it's really the vanguard of theater. You know, I, I really think it, uh, like theater, I think, and this is not to knock any other artistic endeavor because I have, I'm involved in all of them, but all, so many artistic endeavors are about faking being in the moment. It's about, you know, when you're an actor, you're trying to be like, oh, I'm make, well, I want people to believe that this is happening to me right now, even though you've practiced it for weeks, Right. Uh, when you're a stand-up comedian, you want this to sound conversational, as if you're coming up with these ideas right now, right? Uh, so many things are about faking that, being in the moment, uh, and improv really is that. It really is. We are right now in the moment. This could go completely pear-shaped, or this could be the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. You never know anytime you step out. And then it's gone, and you have to say goodbye to it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, good or bad. Yeah, magical. Yeah, it is magic. Yeah. And so you've been doing improv for quite some time now. How has that just taken over your life? And, and um, you know, do you embody all the things that you learned in improv in your everyday life? Uh, a lot of them. I've realized that uh, I do not hold the monopoly on good or bad ideas. I realize that the greatest things are collaborations. You know, uh, that improv cup we talked about. Um, it was, uh, there's, this is a huge lesson too. fear. Um, I thought it was in my brain. I came up with the idea of it. Right. And then I went, that's a stupid idea. I'm not even going to say it. And we're sitting there talking <laughs> and that ego, that part of my brain that said it was a bad idea was winning. And finally someone said something like just gave it like a glimmer of hope, gave like a little bit of oxygen to this fire in my brain by saying something in a similar light. And I went, what about this? And everyone around the table went, yes. And I just thought, I think about it all the time. Man, if I didn't just get that idea of my head, if I let that fear control me, we wouldn't have this event. And that's a huge part of it too. And then, But from that idea, everyone gave their idea. Everyone said yes and to my idea. And then they, they gave their own input. And we grew into what we, a, a, a event we're really proud of because everyone has ownership of it. You know, everyone uh, was part of the process to make it what it is. Uh, so it started with 
one idea, just one little one little brick of an idea, and then everyone else said, "Hey, I have a brick too." And before you knew it, we had built a building together. Awesome. Uh, so that is yeah, that is improv. Like that's a collaborative process. Of you know what my my initial reaction to this idea may not be like oh, I'm not 100 percent on that, but you know what? Let's flesh it out and see what comes of it. You know, instead of like no 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 give me something else brilliant because then everyone else sits there and goes I don't have anything brilliant I just have what I'm thinking and I'm just me yeah you know uh, but when you start when everyone feels like you're in the environment of like hey I'm gonna throw something out there we'll experiment with it if it doesn't work it doesn't work uh, so they feel like no pressure that their ideas aren't good uh, the, I mean that pressure is bad for people yeah it's just bad for it's bad for growth it's bad for risk experimentation uh you want people to feel like i may just say what comes out of my mouth maybe the dumbest idea ever in the history of the world but i'm going to say it because this seems like the kind of group that can listen to it Great. You know? yeah and so you get a, a sense of trust would you agree yeah because yeah it definitely trust the trust is the faith is in each other not to judge each other you know that's the the trust and the faith absolutely uh, I know I can say this dumb idea, and we'll just go. Oh, okay. Well, eventually, we'll all figure out it's a dumb idea, but we'll at least at least throw it around a little bit to see what there is, because dumb ideas can turn into amazing ideas, and amazing ideas can be terrible. I wish I knew who said this, but there's an improv quote that um, a great idea not supported won't won't go nearly as far as a terrible idea well supported. Ah, <laughs> you know? great. Yes. No, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say sort of changing gears not all ideas flourish and the good thing about improv is you like you mentioned you get to learn about failure so can you talk about maybe some failures that you've learned along the way or failures that you've had that you've turned into lessons yeah absolutely i think i true failure is not learning a lesson from your failure that's i'll just say that um yeah there's like i think all of my failures stem from not accepting who I am. When I'm trying to uh, be something else other people want me to be or when I'm trying to make myself something that I am not, you know, uh, I think that's when you really succeed is when you accept your innate nature. And I'm not saying don't seek self-improvement, but know yourself, you know, and I've tried to do things that, uh, that weren't me. And I went, you know, this is just not me. And like film, film was a thing. I really liked doing film. There was a good experience, uh, but it was work. You know, it's a lot of work. And I just realized, and I'd sit back and go, this isn't what I want to do. You know, and I even went to film school. (laughs) So that was a big, that was a big experiment. Um, But yeah, so like I say that that, like I forced myself into something that wasn't truly what I wanted to do, which was film school. Um, but and and I got out of it, and I do not make films. I have made films, but I don't do this. Not my passion. Uh, so I can sit there and go, well, this is my degree, so I'm going to chunk, you know, chug through this. And I start. I tried to a little bit, um, but then I realized this isn't where my heart's at. This is not what I want to do. I want to. Uh, I want to have a good time. I want to motivate people. I want to entertain people. I want to just enjoy, enjoy a moment. I want to take huge risks. I want to build something out of nothing. I love that notion. Um, so what I realized is the big thing for me was I don't need to throw away my experience in film school. 
I actually use that in what I do now. I have synthesized the ideas of what I want to do, which is improv, uh, with the idea of film. And I realize I use it all the time when I coach. I go, well, let me tell you a little bit about like character, you know, and it's things I learned in film school. Oh, right? That's great. Yeah. So I, I've taken my mistake of going to film school, which I know it sounds like a, not a mistake, <laughs> but I've taken that like general idea of like what, you know, it didn't make it a waste of time. I took what my heart is into and I realized what, what of the experience I had can I use in this? Um, because everything can be used. It's, it's kind of like the improv notion of love what you have. You know, it's already there. What you need to, what you need, what the scene's going to be about is really already there. You just need to take the time to observe it. Uh, I am not me without my film school experience. Um, so that is learn from your failure, use your failure. Uh, there's wisdom in failure. In fact, I think there's more wisdom in failure than there is in success. Because you spend less time examining success. You're like, well, it's just because I'm brilliant. I'm the, yeah. I'm the mag- magical quotient of this success. But when you fail, you're like, why'd we fail? You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you just examine it more. Great. And w- at what point, so you were you went to film school, mm-hmm. you, you got out, and you just realized, wow, this is not where I need to be. And so it, where was, what was that pivotal, mo- pivotal moment where you said, no, I'm just going to drop this but not yeah. drop everything and change gears. Uh, it was when, cause I, I'm a writer and I wrote the script for the two short films I've made. And, um, I realized after producing them and I had my, I mean the food, the, the, the boot of the, the farmer was there on those films. I was there. I was a producer. I was building things. But then I realized that what I'd written never truly translated into what the final product was. And it wasn't even in a point where I, I, it was like, you have to accept all the limitations of film because to get anything you wrote down requires so much sacrifice and an army and money and time. It's so, uh, there's just so much work into it. I mean, there's a whole thing called pre-production. And I just went, man, I worked a lot on this script and it's never going to end up being what I want it to be, even though I'm there trying to make it happen. You know, um, as opposed to improv, where the process is the sh- is the the art. You know, uh, you go you you practice and you learn. You try and build good habits that make your scenes have a higher batting average of success. That's all you do, right? But then the show is just you unbridled, without that thought. That's what I try and be is without that thought process. I just rely on my training by meaning I hope my training will take over. And I don't have to think about it. I just want to be in the moment. Uh, pre-production on a movie is the most just, oh, then we got to find an office. And then we got to <laughs> – and I just realized, like, man, we're going to do another project. And, like, everyone around me was excited. Like, it just – like, they're like, oh, we get to find this other location. And we get to build a crew. You know, and I just realized, like, I'm not excited by any of this. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of the moment, the pre-production of, like, what we're doing. Um, and I just went like, this is work to me and this shouldn't be work because no one else in the circle considers this work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So then you just said, forget it. I'm dropping it. And then did you just immediately jump into improv or did you experiment with some other things? Uh, I ended up doing, I was still teaching improv, but I ended up trying to do sketch and I love sketch too, but sketch still has that thing of pre-production. 
So I still, in fact, I've invented, I don't know about invented, but like I've, we've came up with a form of sketch that really is almost improv uh, We do a show called The Laughter Math where before one of our shows, we get the names of sketches and then we spend the time one show is going up writing those sketches and then we just go up with them, right? So, and I always like to write it kind of like a Kirby enthusiasm, like here's our beats of the scene of the sketch we just wrote based on your, your title. And then we go up and just kind of improvise our way through the beats that we conceived. Um, so I did a lot of sketch. The Mumblecrust family players is that you probably find some, uh, uh, there's probably remnants of it on MySpace. Um, <laughs> but based on that, I met, the pe- I met a few people that became integral in uh, Spectacles, the origin of Spectacles, which is the team, The Lobby. Uh, again, um, Mumblecrust, at the end of the day, I guess, is when you look back, it doesn't exist anymore. It was a failure. Uh, but we took, we learned from the failure. So we turned wh- what could have been bad into something good. I pulled talent from that pool, uh, turned into the lobby. Uh, that experience taught me how I feel about sketch, which is I enjoy it, but I just don't enjoy the production quality of it. You know, I really like the flying by the seat of our pants. You know, I really enjoy that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Okay. And so before we take a break and jump into our lightning round, um, want to just jump into one more thing. You've been on this awesome journey where you've lost an incredible uh, amount of weight, and I have to applaud you for that. Uh, oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, can you just talk about that and just being persistent? I can only imagine that, you know, it, it's had its ups and downs, but, you know, now you're reaping the benefits. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, anyone that wants to lose weight has probably tried to lose weight before. And I've often like looked back about what what was successful this time that wasn't successful all those other times, and I think uh, it goes back to those other times I was trying to take success that other people had and put myself through it. Like it was again not acceptance of myself. This time I built a diet that I knew would work for me. You know, I knew I wasn't going to work out. I know it. I just know me. I'm not going to work out. I'm going to dread it. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to go. I'd rather play video games. And I was just like, what can I do that I can lose weight while playing video games? That was really kind of the basis of it. You know, yes. like, what is like, the laziest diet in the world? And I realized uh, I heard something earlier that this guy, a Kansas State uh, nutritionalist, had lost weight just by eating t- like Twinkies and Doritos. But it was a certain amount of calories of Twinkies and Doritos. And at the end of it, he lost 27 pounds over like a month and a half. At the end of it, um, all of his health stats were better. So it's less about like what you're eating or exercise and more about just the amount of calories you're eating to lose weight. And that was my goal, to lose weight because I was unhealthy, man. It was sad. I had a hard time getting out of a car. Like honestly, it comes down to this. Like my doctor said, you need a machine to sleep. Uh, If there's anything on this planet that should not require – any kind of outside or effort or outside equipment, it should just be sleeping because it is literally just you on a flat surface breathing. You know what I mean? Yes. And I couldn't even do that. You know, I felt like I was like a sea creature that had crawled up on the shore and was struggling to breathe. So I was like, this can't be right. Um, so uh, I just knew I had to change. And I realized I, if I tailor the diet for me, it can work. And so the first process was coming up with a diet that worked for me. The second one's finding healthy food that I liked. 
I'm not going to eat what some book tells me to eat because that's what the author of the book likes. You know what I mean? Agreed. So I was like, yeah, like I had to tailor it to me. What do I like eating? Um, what 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 healthy things can I eat a ton of? And I found those things, and that's when I incorporated those in my diet. And it's so easy because I tailored the diet for me. I'm not going to exercise. I'm just going to play video games. Uh, you know, the moment, most exercise I get is warm up games for improv. <laughs> you know, uh, burn a lot of calories doing those. Uh, but uh, and then I eat the food I want. That's essentially it. And I had to. I mean, you have to get away from the stuff you really want that tempts you. Essentially, you have to remove that from your vision because it's hard to say. So if someone threw a pizza down in front of me, I'm sorry, I'm going to be weak and I'm going to give up on it because I know me. You agreed. So I think success really does start with accepting your innate nature, who you are, not fighting it, accepting it. This is who I am. Uh, how can I turn who I am to my benefit instead of using it, instead of fighting it? or giving into my weaker desires, you know? Um, so the diet is a perfect example of that. Yeah. This is who I am. Oh, that's great. Cool. Well, thank you. And I wish you luck on that. You're doing awesome. I just thank saw you. some photos you posted on Facebook and yeah, you're right. You were a completely different person <laughs> and you just see, you were happy go lucky back then, but like now yeah. it just seems like you're just glowing and you know, you're just loving life. So yeah, I applaud you. Thank you very much. Yes. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with a lightning round and then we're going to close up. So uh, we'll be right back. Hey, Breakthrough Cocktailers. Let's face it. Staying competitive in this fast paced world requires you to always be learning. However, taking in-person classes can be time consuming and costly. Luckily for you, there's Udemy. Udemy is an online education marketplace that has thousands of courses from world-class educators. They have courses that will teach you how to program a WordPress site to classes on improving your happiness. Classes are inexpensive, and more importantly, you can take them on your own time. If you're interested in learning more, go to BreakthroughCocktail.com slash Udemy, that's U-D-E-M-Y, to see a few of our favorite classes. Also, since you're a listener of the Breakthrough Cocktail podcast, from now through September 30th, 2014, if you use the code BREAKTHROUGH-65 at checkout, you will get 65% off your order. Now, act now, and good luck on leveling up your life. To kick off the launch of the Breakthrough Cocktail podcast, we are throwing a contest. I'm giving away some of my favorite books that will help you level up your life. Also, one lucky winner will get a chance to join me at an exclusive Mastermind event here in San Diego in December 2014. To learn more and to enter, go to www.breakthroughcocktail.com slash launch dash contest. Good luck. All right, and we're back, and we're here with my good buddy, Josh Nichols, and we're going to jump into the lightning round. And these are just going to be some rapid-fire questions just to hear a little bit more about Josh and the things that you do. Uh, first question for you, Josh, is bah, 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 um, what was your first job as a as a kid? Uh, my first job. Um, I, my first job was Disneyland. Ah, nice. <laughs> what did you do? I, I, it's so funny because I sold tickets. So people would be like, you work at the happiest place on earth. I'd be like, no, I work just outside the happiest <laughs> place on earth. Uh, but I worked in a department that had like no turnover. So everyone I worked with was like Korean war veterans. They were really old people. I actually worked with a lady that worked with Walt. 
you know, because uh, my job was really easy. I was in an air-conditioned booth hitting buttons. Um, oh, wow. It was fun. I really enjoyed working at Disneyland. I wish I could have lived that lifestyle longer. It was, but it's just one of those things of like, you work till one in the morning tonight, and then you're going to work and you're going to be here back here at nine o'clock. And okay. I'm like, I can't do this. Yes. Uh, but it was fun. And I ended up getting into leadership there, and I was uh, did annual passes and group sales. I kept moving up. I really enjoyed my time there. I uh, I have a uh, an 11 year old daughter. And I keep telling her, when you turn 16 or when you turn whatever age that you can get out there, you're going to get a job at Disneyland. Um, one, so we can all get in for free. But two, um, the experience is great. It just it was a fun experience. That's great. Yeah. Uh, do you have any hobbies? Well, you mentioned you play video games. Uh, yes. But any other hobbies? And I <laughs> consider that a hobby. So No, it is, it is definitely a hobby. Um, uh, I am really into fantasy football. These are, I'm such a nerd. Um, uh, fantasy football. I love, oh, I love writing right now. I'm writing a spectacles handbook, which is a book for all of our new members and our old members, which, uh, has our philosophy of play. It has our standards of practice, like how we behave. It has our hierarchy of mission statements. Uh, it's really fun to go through this process and really, write down what we're doing. So I love writing. I've always enjoyed writing. Um, I love learning, man. What is funner, like what is more fun actually uh, than getting on Wikipedia and just clicking on new things and before you know it you have 45 tabs open and you're just learning just, and you're learning like so in the moment like that sounds interesting. What is that? You know, you're just following what you want to know right then and there. Awesome. Uh, I, I love that experience. Uh, I do that with. I'll just go on Netflix and go to like documentaries and be like, "What? It, okay, I guess I'm going to learn about Russian aliens. Why not? <laughs> you know, um, uh, just that. Just being in that kind of mode of learning and then expressing yourself. Uh, I love, and it all really comes down to. I really like making people laugh. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. And so the last two things I ask all of my uh, people that are on the show. The first one is, is there a quote that you like to live your life by? Yeah, you know, it's funny because uh, I've often thought about like an all-encompassing quote for me. And uh, it's like a weird thing to go through. But I really have to come back to Socrates. Uh, like, and I know I'm going to paraphrase this. But essentially, is the only true wisdom is knowing you know nothing. Um, and that's kind of how I live my life. I don't know. I don't. That makes me not judge people because I don't know their story. How dare I? You know. Um, it also makes me go. It makes me hungry for more knowledge. It also makes me go. Hey, what you think you know now? What you think is absolutely true? You should question it. You know. And that makes what you do believe actually, in a weird way, stronger because it goes through the process of vetting process of being questioned. And so when people come at you with information, you go, yeah, but I thought about that. You know, if you just believe things and you never examine them, uh, you don't have the benefit of that. You don't truly know what you believe. Uh, so that quote to me is like a foundation of a healthy life. You don't live in judgment of other people. You always seek knowledge. You question what you already believe. Uh, it leaves you in a very toler tolerant place, but it also leaves you in a place of, I'm never done learning, which I think is perfect for improv. Yeah. Awesome. And then the last one is if you can give our listeners just one tip just to help them find their passion and live, in, live a better life, what would that be? It's, it's kind of funny. It's, uh, to me, it's like when you like spray a tire with soap and look for the bubbles. Oh, that's where the hole is. 
I think you need to find the thing that doesn't feel like work. You really need to examine what you're doing, like, like about what you do, like that you like, you know, like, what do I love about fantasy football? Oh, it's planning. You know, it's that it's the, it's the, it's the making judgments, like the, like prognosticating and planning and trying to come up with the best thing. So like, I love planning. I realize that. So I use that in what I do. I love uh, that. So it's kind of like you need to f- look at the things you do and find that common common thread and be like, oh, that is what I like doing. And then seek that out. Uh, it's a Your life should not be about suffering through things you don't want to do. It should be about seeking the things, seeking a way of, of being able to exist on the things that you truly do want to do. Because when you're passionate about something, it isn't work. When you wake up in the morning and you go, oh, I don't get out of bed. I don't do that anymore. You know, yeah. like I get out because I go, I have something to do. I have to go work on spectacle stuff. That's uh, great. I guess I should say I get to work on spectacle yeah. stuff. Um, I'm living a dream that way. and But I think everyone can find that little part of their dream and find a job where they can do that. Um, as long as it's satisfying that core need of I like doing this. You know, then I think you're going to be happy. That's great. Now, how can people find you and keep in touch with you and check out uh, Spectacles? We'll include all the the links in the show notes, but yeah, just feel free to give a sure. quick plug. Spectaclesimprov.com has all of our shows that we do in Orange County. It also has our classes. We do two drop-ins a we do two drop-ins a week, and we're about to add levels. We're we're, we're crafting our levels right now. So stay tuned for that. Spe- uh, self-indulgent podcast. Um, you can just search that on the internet. You will find us. We're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. Uh, uh, you can find me. Just find me on the internet. Uh, find me on the Facebooks. I'll be your friend. I'm always looking for new friends and experiences. And I'll talk about weight loss or talk about improv. I'm a blowhard, essentially. Awesome. I'm a verbose blowhard. I will just talk about anything at the drop of As you, If you've listened to this, you yes. know that. Um, so, uh, seek me out. I have Twitters and Instagrams and all that. So I'd love to, I'd love to connect with anyone that's listening to this. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Josh. And we really appreciate it. Oh, I'm so touched that you had me. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Breakthrough Cocktail. If you liked what you heard, be sure to visit www.breakthroughcocktail.com forward slash newsletter to sign up for the insider newsletter. As a subscriber, you'll get instant access to exclusive content and frequent doses of happiness. See you there. Until then, stay awesome.